Welcome to Village Mentality, where melanated people are connected in spirit, love, and community. What's up, kings and queens? Beautiful people everywhere. It's your girl, C.K. McGee, and I am your host. How's everybody doing out there? I pray that you are all doing as well as you can be and that you are doing your very best. Stay cool during this heat wave that has been taking over these past couple of days across the country. My thoughts and prayers are with the families that have been impacted by the recent tragedy in Surfside, Miami. I feel horribly for those who have lost loved ones and my heart aches for those who are still waiting to hear about their loved ones. May God be with those who are working on the rescue and recovery mission. Now, if you've been a fan of this show, first of all, I would like to thank you so very much for your support. But being a fan, then you know that I'd like to take a little bit of time to talk about some things, whether it's about current events, entertainment, or something that's just on my mind. So why don't we get into my segment called Let's Talk About It. So apparently village, 3D printed homes are revolutionizing the construction industry by making home builds faster, cheaper, and more sustainable. Did you know that? And they can do it in less than 24 hours. These 3D printers can print the foundation and walls for a small home at a fraction of the cost of typical construction. Now, this type of construction technology and totally change the idea of home for many. And it can quite possibly reduce homelessness, making the dream of becoming a homeowner more of a reality. So how does this process of 3D printing work? Well, first, they have to create a blueprint. And much in the same way that traditional homes are built, the first step in the 3D home building process involves creating a blueprint. Now the house blueprint is designed through a modeling software program where it can be easily customized to meet the homeowner's needs. Next, they send the design to the printer. And once the blueprint has been approved, the home builder sends the design to that 3D printer. And this step in the process is known as preparation. Once the printer has processed the printed file, it's time to prepare the build platform and fill the raw materials to get the project ready for execution. Next, before printing begins, rails are installed around the building site to direct the robotic arm where to lay the paste-like build mixture concrete which is the most popular material used in 3D construction today. Once you press print, the printer works automatically to begin building. 3D printers are additive manufacturing to print materials layer by layer. Well, they use additive manufacturing, I say, and they print the materials layer by layer. So material extrusion is the process where the printing material is then heated and squeezed out through the nozzle. This is amazing. A concrete dryer allows for the building material to solidify quickly and then another layer is added. You should see this process, y'all. It's amazing. Next, they will install additional construction. So today, the printing process that I described for you above, it only takes care of the home's foundation and its walls. So additional construction and human labor, praise God, are still needed in order to finish the product. Once the home has been printed and post 
processing steps such as removing the rails from the job site are completed, it's time to add additional home features. But then the workers come to the construction site to install other pieces such as windows, doors, plumbing, and electrical wiring to finish the project. <laughs> now, I'm not gonna lie, I am happy to hear that there are still humans involved in this process, you feel me? But still, the foundation though, the structure in which your house is built upon is 3D printed. That is wild. Now, what are some of the benefits of 3D printed homes? Well, speed is one. Often, it does not even take 24 hours to build a small 3D printed home, although a build out is typically done in waves rather than all at once. The cost. 3D printed homes are surprisingly cheap to create. They run around 10,000 on average today. So a 3D printed home leader icon, I think they're based in Texas, they hope that these homes are even more affordable in the future with a projected goal of reducing bills down to $4,000. Once plumbing, electrical, and other additional construction is added, the final housing cost is around 140 to 160,000 on average today. Let me tell y'all village, <laughs> I'm still on tiny houses. Remember that? I'm still dealing with how a family that had a four to five bedroom house can now live in a 450 square foot home. I mean, I know that I saw once on Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> they printed, you know, the 3D, they, they 3D printed, I think it was some organs, but now we are talking about houses, y'all. That is crazy. <laughs> Next, another benefit of the 3D printed home is versatility. Rather than having to enlist the help of an architect, home buyers can use 3D technology to customize their home shape and build in the blueprint phase without a hefty price tag. And last, sustainability. 3D home construction boasts a shorter supply chain and less waste due to over-engineering. This reduction in process and waste makes these homes more eco-friendly. Now remember, I said something a little bit earlier about these homes possibly reducing homelessness. So because of the cheap costs and scalability of 3D printed homes, nonprofit organizations and other companies are teaming up to address homelessness in low-income communities with this new technology. The Housing and Urban Development, also known as HUD, has toured the Texas startup, which is called ICON Facilities, to determine whether these homes are a viable option for housing affordability in low-income communities across the country. Hmm, I don't know, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I appreciate the fact that they are, you know, looking into some possibilities, uh, checking out, you know, whatever may be available, but I certainly don't want any issues, you know what I'm saying? Now, 3D printed home feats around the world, I mean, these um, 3D printed homes are creating quite the buzz, ladies and gentlemen. And they've been growing, I guess, over the last three years as more and more countries are embracing the technology. The first fully 3D printed home in the United States was unveiled at Austin's South by Southwest Conference in 2018. The 650 square foot home made of concrete was printed on site and cost approximately 10,000 to build. So since then, a 3D printed neighborhood construction project has been underway in Southern Mexico to bring 50 homes to a poverty-stricken area that is prone to natural disasters, such as earthquakes and flooding. The idea is that the 3D printed structures will help the community withstand the extreme weather conditions. Hmm, interesting. Now, Dubai, is currently home to the world's largest 3D printed building, a two-story office space that is 31 feet tall and 6,900 square feet. 
nearby is also striving to have 25% of its new buildings constructed through 3D printing by 2030. And even NASA, y'all, is getting in on this village. I mean, through their 3D printed habitat challenge, they accepted commissions for colony designs in a competition back in 2019. The idea is that one day, these colony designs could be printed on the moon or on Mars. Well, I do not know that I will be pressing the print button anytime soon, but it is definitely an interesting idea. So keep your eyes, ears, and imagination open. people out there. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Well, let's talk about how either can impact your mental health. Are you the type of person that bounces out of bed early in the morning, full of zest and ready to take on the world? Or are you the type that hits the beloved snooze button up until the very last minute? Hmm, I gotta think about that. I think I might be the last part. Well, if you are a morning person, then that means that your natural sleeping habits or your circadian rhythms are aligned with the traditional eight to five or nine to five work schedule, school schedule, you know, the drop-offs that you guys have out there, you guys are parents out there. But if you are a night owl, primed to perform better in the afternoon and evening and have a tendency to stay up late, then that is a bummer, according to a study that was published in the Journal of Molecular Psychiatry. So this study, y'all, it used sleep data gathered from wrist activity monitors worn by more than 85,000 participants of the UK Biobank study, which houses in-depth genetic and health information on more than half a million people in the UK. Researchers compared that sleep information to self-reports of mood and found that people with a misaligned sleep cycle more likely were reporting depression, anxiety, and they have fewer feelings of well-being. The health problems associated with being a night owl are likely a result of being a night owl living in a morning person's world, which leads to disruption in their body's circadian Rhythms, said sleep specialist Kristen Knutson, an associate professor of neurology and preventative medicine at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. However, he was not actually involved in the study. Defying our eternal body clock appears to be highly associated with levels of depression, and having a higher misalignment was associated with higher odds of depression said study author, Dr. Jessica Terrell. Now she's a senior lecturer at the University of Exeter Medical School in the UK. Now there have been prior studies done, Village, including one by Dr. Hudson, having identified a relationship between depression and sleep cycles. Although the strongest evidence is from shift workers, Terrell said, with some studies suggesting that these individuals have a higher prevalence of depression and lower well-being. So there's good news for morning people though. On the flip side, a novel and an important finding of the study is that those who love getting up in the morning were less likely to have irregular sleep timing than night owls. So if you're a morning person, then you are less likely to have depression and more likely to report a higher well-being. This may be in part uh, due to the fact that people who are morning people are less likely to have what they call social jet lag. So Tyrell explains that social jet lag, jet lag excuse me, occurs when we go to bed later and wake up later at the weekend or on the weekend than we do on the weekdays. You know how you stay up late on the weekends and then, you know, you try to get yourself together on Sunday night for the week ahead? Yeah, that's when this social jet lag occurs. And of course, this term was borrowed from jet lag, which is what we experience when we travel between time zones. The difference is that social jet lag is the consequence 
of the discrepancy between an individual's own biological rhythm and the daily timing determined by social constraints. Other possible reasons include more exposure to sunlight for those who rise early. So light exposure, of course, is greater among morning types and may be reduced in those with greater sleep variability. Indeed, bright light therapy is a treatment for some forms of depression. For instance, such as, uh, you know, seasonal affective disorder, which is common, by the way, between the ages of 18 to 30. It can last for several months or for years, and it appears to be more common in females. And it usually starts in the fall and continues into the winter months. Although, Village, I have read that it can also start in the springtime as well. It's not as common, but it is possible. Indian misalignment could also lead to inadequate sleep duration and quality, which could also impair mood and exacerbate mood disorders, not to bed. And finally, there's the chicken and egg problem, which often plagues research that can only show an association, not causation. So it's also possible that people with depression have more irregular sleep schedules. And guess what? That just happens to be, you guys, one of the most common symptoms of depression, okay? You know, having insomnia sometimes goes hand in hand with having depression. So that makes perfect sense. So here are six recommended tips for better sleep. Number one, try to stick to a sleep schedule. Set aside no more than eight hours for sleep. The recommended amount of sleep for a healthy adult is at least seven hours. Something I still need to work on. <laughs> Number two, pay attention to what you eat and drink. Don't go to bed hungry or stuffed. In particular, avoid heavy or large meals within a couple of hours of bedtime. Three, create a restful environment. Create a room that's ideal for sleeping. Often this means cool, dark, and quiet. Exposure to light might make it more challenging to fall asleep. Or limit daytime naps if you can. Long daytime naps can interfere with nighttime sleep. Five, include physical activity in your daily routine. Regular physical activity can promote better sleep. Avoid being active too close to bedtime, however. So don't go, you know, doing, you know, like a 10 mile run before you get ready to go to bed. That's work. And last, manage your worries. Now I know that's easier said than done, Village, but it's a recommendation, it's a suggestion, something to work towards. Try to resolve your worries or concerns before bedtime. Jot down what's on your mind and then set it aside for tomorrow. Nighty night. Well, it's time for me to take my first walk to my musical jukebox. This song was released as the third single from their album on May 29, 1995 in the US, followed by a release in the UK on August 5th, 1995. This is considered the group's signature song, and it was an international smash hit for this group. It spent seven weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and it received two Grammy nominations at the 38th Annual Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. This song tackled illegal drug trade, promiscuity, and it was the first ever to refer to AIDS. The video alone was the reason that the single had so much success and it won four video music awards. And the song is just not the same without the special verse dropped by one of its talented members, the late Lisa Lefty Lopez, who was taken from us much too soon. Here's TLC with Waterfalls. And when we come back, I'll get into today's topic. Hey, 
given reason Because my life is ten shades of gray I pray all ten fade away Sell the praise for the seven days And like his promise is true Only my faith can undo The many chances I blew To bring my life to an end Clear blue and unconditional Skies have dried the tears from my eyes No more lonely cries My only lead and hope is for the folk Who can't cope with such an enduring pain That it keeps them in the boring rain Who's to blame for two and gain into your own vein What a shame you shoot and aim for someone else Okay, beautiful people. So today's topic is purpose versus passion. And what is the difference? Now, I have always paid particular attention to words and have understood that words matter. Words are a way for us to be able to express ourselves. Words can be used to hurt people or they can be used to uplift and encourage others. It is important when using our words that we are using them appropriately because they definitely have power. Words can sometimes mean the same thing or at times they can mean something completely different. But there are times when we mistakenly use words interchangeably, which has been the case when I hear people talk about passion and purpose. Although these two words are believed by some to mean the same thing, they are completely different. If you are anything at all like me, then you may have wondered at some point in your life, why are you here? What is the reason for you being here on earth at this time? I guess that I've always been one to think deeply about things. And that may not even be a crossing thought to others, <laughs> but that's just me. But I think that if you are someone like me, then it is important to know the difference between these words. So let's start with passion. What is passion exactly? Passion can be used interchangeably with words like determination, conviction, and love. In fact, passion is a strong desire that can get you to do amazing things. Passion is an emotion to be acted upon. Without action, passion yields no worthwhile results. Passion is the fuel and the fire of action. When you have a passion for something, you love it even when you hate it, you dig? Passion can range from eager interest in or admiration for an idea, proposal, or cause. And it can also go to enthusiastic enjoyment of an interest or activity to a strong attraction, excitement, or emotions towards a person. That's what we're talking about when you refer to passion. Now, there are different types of passion. There's intellectual passion, mathematical passion, passion for discovery and exploration, which George Bernard Shaw says is the mightiest of all passions. Passion can be a motivator in an occupation. When someone is passionate about their occupation, they tend to be less obsessive about their behavior while on the job, resulting in more work being done and more work satisfaction, which gives individuals higher levels of psychological well-being. When professionals are doing a job to satisfy others, they tend to have lower levels of psychological health and satisfaction. Hmm. So it is safe to say that passion and desire go hand in hand, especially as a motivation. Passion can be a very intense emotion, honey. But 
It can be positive and it can also be negative. Okay, so that's passion. Now, let's talk about purpose. The late Chadwick Boseman said, while he was receiving his honorary doctorate at Howard, quote, I don't know what your future is, but if you are willing to take the harder way, you would rather find purpose than a job or career. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you're on the planet at this particular time in history. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. He goes on to say, when I dared to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims stereotypes with no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me, the path to my destiny, unquote. Now, according to psychologists, purpose is an abiding intention to achieve a long-term goal that is both personally meaningful and that makes a mark on the world. The goals that foster a sense of purpose are ones that can potentially change the lives of other people. For instance, like launching an organization, researching a disease, or teaching children to read. Our sense of purpose can change over the course of our lifetime, especially when we have completed one purpose only to discover another. Purpose is not like happiness. It's not a destination, but it's a journey and a practice. It's accessible at any age. And if we're willing to explore what matters to us and what kind of purpose, excuse me, what kind of person we wanna be and act to become that person, well, then a sense of purpose can make us physically and psychologically stronger. Purpose consists of the central motivating aims of your life. It is the reason that you get up in the morning. Purpose can guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. For some people, purpose can be connected to vocation, meaningful, satisfying others, you know, um, doing something that, that helps other people is where the satisfaction lies rather than doing something that satisfies yourself, right? For others, their purpose may rely in the responsibility to their family or their friends. Some seek purpose through spirituality or religious beliefs like me. That was the way that I came to understand what my purpose was. And some may find their purpose in all of these aspects of life. Some of the questions that may come up when you're reflecting on your life purpose would be questions like, who am I? Where do I belong? And when do I feel fulfilled? Now, some people feel hesitant about pursuing their life purpose because they worry that it sounds like a self-serving or selfish quest. However, true purpose is about recognizing your own gifts and using them to contribute to the world. Questions about life purpose may arise at any time in life, but you may notice that they are especially prevalent during times of transition or crisis. Which village, I have to tell you, that's what I went through four years ago, crisis, right? And it was about three years ago through meditation and prayer that I was able to discover what my purpose is, which honestly, I believed had saved my life. Because with what I've been through, especially after these last set of circumstances that I experienced, I truly believe in my soul that without my purpose, I think that in my mind, I would have decided to give up because the blow that was experienced was so great. I don't know how else I would have been able to recover. And even though I'm not where I was, I'm still not fully where I need to be. But with purpose, at least I have the life-saving sense of direction as a result of it. That's how strong purpose is. 
it makes you walk different, talk different, feel different. The things that you put up with at one time in your life, you don't put up with any longer. And I mean, you can cut things off unbelievably quick without even thinking about it. And I tell you, Village, I was a person who was a people pleaser all throughout my life. It mattered to me more uh, what people thought and how they felt than how I thought and felt. And I thought my value was in how good I was at the time for people. And all that has done is just dealt me devastating blows. And so fortunately, because I am spiritually grounded, I was able to take some time to myself, as I said, three years ago, and really think on things and come to understand why I am here, because I'm here for a reason. Even though there are times, I'll be honest with you, I feel like I shouldn't be. Purpose gives you life. At least it did for me. I'm just saying. So here are five differences between finding your passion and finding your purpose. So passion is about your emotions. The things that we do in life are often colored by our emotional response to them. We do things because we like them and they make us feel good. Passion is the emotional drive to do what you do. Purpose is about the reason behind them. Now, where passion is emotional, your purpose is behind that. Purpose is your motivation. It's your why. Purpose completes you. Your purpose is the reason that you're doing what you're doing in the first place, including this very podcast, Village. You're not simply passionate about something just because you like it. There's a purpose behind that passion, a reason behind that driving force. Your purpose is the foundation on which your passion should be built. Now, passion can often be about selfish motives. So I'm not saying that passion is always selfish, but it definitely has the capacity to be selfish. You can pursue a passion for your own pleasure. It can be purely self-indulgent. The purpose is not selfish. It involves serving others, but it's not servitude. Okay, understand the difference. You are definitely working to make things better for others, but you're not like, uh, you know, you're not uh, enslaved, you're not a server, you're not, you know, um, some kind of like a um, indentured, you know, sir, it's nothing like that, you guys. It's, it's that you purely have within you this strong desire and determination because of something that you have seen, or maybe something that you've experienced in your life. And because of how you experienced it, you want others to experience it differently, the way that maybe you wish you had, okay? So like, for instance, like I said to you, this podcast is part of my purpose. I have a far greater amount of work to do according to what my purpose is. This is just the beginning. But as an advocate who is concerned about our mental health, the reason why I do this podcast is for you all. It's to talk to you about things that are important, that are significant, that impact us on a day-to-day -day basis, especially as communities of color. And that's why I do it. So it's joyful. It's, it's about creating joy. It's about adding value in the lives of others while creating value in your life. It's a win-win. So, you know, the Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? Imagine how good it feels when you're able to give to somebody, right? And you see the expression on their face, in their body language, you know that they're happy. It makes you happy. That's sort of like where purpose lies, that, that emotion, but much stronger. Where passion can be all over the place, wild and exciting, purpose is much more focused. When you feel passion for something, it doesn't matter what it is. Your passion can change at the whim of your own emotions and your feelings. Purpose isn't flustered by a failure or sensitive to the criticism of our peers, our superiors. Purpose does not stop if our results don't go according to plan during the first 15 tries. Purpose is focused on the singular. When you find purpose, it's very specific and it is y'all. Like I know exactly what I need to do. 
your purpose is one thing that will fulfill your life and make you feel complete. Passion can come and go, but purpose is forever, or at least until you've completed your purpose and found another one. Purposes are usually for the long term. And I tell you another thing too, when you're dealing with purpose and basically it's like having an assignment, you know, I'm a very prayerful person. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and so I'm very um, intentional about my prayers. And I understand that I can't do this by myself. My purpose is, yes, it was given to me, but I'm definitely going to need help along the way. Just like anybody who has a purpose, they need help along the way. And so you also learn lessons in becoming very um um, discriminating, if you will, or, you know, you're very careful about the people that you allow into your circle, uh, people who you allow to be involved in your projects that you're working on, because they really need to be about it, about it. There's no time for playing, right? There's no time for wishy-washiness. There's no time for sloppiness. There's no time for second guessing. Uh, there's no time for anyone who's not all in. If you're not all in, then you just can't be involved. I'm not saying that I won't have anything to do with you, but I'm about my purpose. And if you're not about it with me or supporting me, then all right, I'll, I'll catch you later, you know? But that's what purpose does. It just makes you very focused on what you have to do. And it leaves no time for any kind of foolishness. And I have honestly, as a result of purpose, I've had to cut some things out of my life so that I can focus on what it is I need to do. So it's that serious. And I believe in the end, it's going to be that beneficial because of it. You know, you, you, you make those sacrifices as a result. Now, <clears throat> passion is about what? And purpose is about why? When you think about your passions, it's all about what your passions are. Are you passionate about music, art, love? Your passions are things, right? Um, I really love to ski, <laughs> you know, things like that. Whereas your purpose is about the why. Why are you drawn to this purpose in life? Well, I can tell you that as a mental health advocate, I'm drawn to my purpose because I've been treated in the very same ways that I read about, where there hasn't been much support or where I have felt ashamed and embarrassed to express how much I've been struggling. Um, I have gone through therapy and hospitalizations and, and I have dealt with losing homes and losing jobs and losing cars, all kinds of things as a result of the mental illness that I have dealt with in my life. And I have seen people's faces and I've seen people's body language and how uncomfortable they are or how unwilling they are to be bothered, so to speak. Some people closer to you than you than you think, which hurts a lot. And I want to do something about that. I want to change the way someone else experiences, you know, their 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 journey. I want them to be free to be able to go into work and talk to their boss, talk to their supervisor. I want there to, to be some kind of you know accommodations at the workplace. I want there to be mental health professionals at school. I want mental health to be treated just as importantly as our physical health is. I want families to stop looking at you crazy because you can't get out of bed for three days. And instead of thinking that you're just lazy doing nothing, for them to actually be actively supportive of you and anything else that I can do to change the way that mental illness is looked at that's what my purpose is, to get into those trenches, to roll up my sleeves, and to help others who are already doing the work, you know, change the narrative on how mental health is looked at, to provide a platform to talk about the things that affect us as communities of color. Because my focus is on us. It doesn't mean that I don't care about the rest of the world, but I just know that as Black and brown indigenous people of color, 
we have a tendency to always be in survival mode. We've been doing it for centuries and we neglect ourselves and each other. And so if I can do anything at all to change that, that's what I'm going to do. Now, obviously it's gonna take a lot of time. And again, I can't do it by myself, but God leads me and I am taking my steps according to what I sense through him to do because it's his assignment that he's given me. It's the reason why I'm here. And yes, I fully believe that. So <clears throat> your passion again are things. Your purpose is the why. Why are you drawn to the purpose that you are in your life? Purpose is all about your motivation to do what you do, whatever it may be. If you believe in a higher power, and I do, purpose is about why you were put here on this earth. I used to ask myself that question when I was a little girl. From the time I was a little girl, I asked, why am I here? What is my purpose? I have always been acutely aware because of the type of person that I am, that I've always been here to help somebody, help people, but I just didn't know how. And with everything that I've gone through, you know how they talk about, you know, turning your pain into purpose? That's exactly what I'm doing, turning my pain into purpose. I'm definitely not one of those people that believes, well, because it was this way for me, then it's going to be that way for you. You know, because, um, you know, people turn their backs on me, I'm going to turn my back on you. I don't believe in that. I believe in doing things the way they should be, the way that I wish I had experienced it in the beginning. I, I believe in making people feel comfortable enough to come and talk if they need to. You don't know how many times online I've posted a lot of stuff um, online um, on my personal page at Purple Diva 72. And sometimes it's overtly about mental health where you see me with the infographs and because I'm maybe observing a milestone in mental health in that particular month. Like for instance, um, this was PTSD Awareness Month in June. So you might see information about PTSD awareness. Next month, it used to be known as, which is July, it used to be known as Minority Mental Health Month, but it's now BIPOC Mental Health Month, Black Indigenous People of Color. And the focus is on our mental health, right? So you'll see me posting a lot of information as far as that's concerned. But quite frankly, everything I post on my personal page is about mental health. I don't care if it's a quote that I post. If you look at the quote and read it, how does it make you feel? If it makes you feel encouraged, if it makes you feel motivated, if it makes you feel inspired, if it might be a bright spot in your day, that's intentional. I can't tell you how many times people have commented on my page or they have DM'd me and I've had conversations with people who are actually hurting out there. People who, uh, maybe a comment that they leave on my page, it, it kind of catches my attention because of something that they said or how they've said it. I'm very like in tune with that. And I'll DM that person and be like, hey, are you all right? You okay? I know we don't know each other, but if you need to talk, I'm here for you. Absolutely, Village, that definitely happens. So my advocacy in this moment is mostly social media based until I start to move into the next phase of the advocacy. Like I said, I have a long way to go. I have a lot to do. I'm very excited about it, but I'm also very discerning about what I say about it, very protective about it because it's very important to me. And if I'm gonna reveal what's, what I'm working on, I reveal it to people that I feel like I can trust, will understand what I'm doing and will wanna help. I made the mistake of revealing it to people before. And at one point in time, they were on board and then they weren't. And it was kind of devastating, you know? So I'm just very particular, but I'm definitely, definitely about it. Now, as I just mentioned, your purpose is extremely significant to your life and helping you shape who you are as a person. While passions can help shape and form your personality, your purpose will help shape and form your identity. You aren't likely to find many different purposes in your life, but you will have many different passions. Now, having passion in life is just as important as having a purpose. Life is dull without passion. Passions make your life bright and exciting, but life without purpose is aimless. 
Knowing the difference between your passions and your purpose will help you get your life on the right track. Knowing what to put your time and energy into when it comes to your purpose will make having your passions all the more fun and focused. There's always balance to life, Village, and balance between passion and purpose makes your life worthwhile. Now, this next song was the seventh track on their debut studio album, Picture Book, in 1985. And to this day, it remains their most successful single, having reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. At the 29th Grammy Awards, it was nominated in the category of Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. The song was written when the lead singer was just 17 while living in his father's house. It was inspired by a teacher of his who suggested that the greatest paintings are produced when the artist is working in a stream of consciousness. And so he thought that he would apply this method to songwriting. With his mother walking out on the family when he was just three years old, the upheaval that it caused also helped him to write this song. Now, even though he himself did not realize what the song was about until after it was finished, but he says, it's about that moment when you know that you have to leave home to make your mark, but the outside world is so scary. Here's Simply Red with Holding Back the Years. Thank you. 
Okay, beautiful people, it's time for this week's inspirational story. This week's story is called The Ultimate Gift. Here goes. There once was a little girl who desperately needed an emergency blood transfusion to save her life. Her only chance of surviving would be to get a transfusion from her younger brother, who had miraculously overcome the same disease she had and therefore had antibodies in his blood that were needed to fight the illness. The doctor explained the little boy that it would save his sister's life if he were to give her his blood. The boy hesitated for a moment before agreeing to give his blood if it would help his sister. At the age of five, this was scary, but he would do anything to save his big sister's life. As the blood transfusion was happening, he lay next to his sister in the hospital and was overcome with happiness as he saw the color coming back to her cheeks. Then he looked up at the doctor and quietly asked, when will I start to die? The boy had assumed that he was giving his life in order to save hers. The little boy's parents were astonished over the misunderstanding that led the boy to think they were choosing his sister over him, and even more astonished that he had agreed to do so. The doctor replied, explaining that he was not going to die. He was just going to allow his sister to live a long, healthy life right alongside him. What's the moral of the story? This is an example of extreme courage and self-sacrificing love from a young boy that we can all learn from. The love and care that he showed for his sister relays an inspiring message about selflessness. While we may not be faced with such a life or death decision, being selfless in general can help us connect with others, which is rewarding and fulfilling. Selflessness encourages you to act from your heart instead of your ego, and it can help to fill your life. Now, our last song for the evening, ladies and gentlemen, first appeared on his 1978 album, 52nd Street, in the fall of the same year, it reached number two on the U.S. Adult Contemporary Chart, and the following year, it reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Members from the group Chicago, Peter Cetera and Donnie Dacus performed the background vocals. This song was also used in the ABC television series, Bosom Buddies, which starred Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. Here's my life by Billy Joel. 
never said I was a victim of circumstance I still belong Before I go, Village, I would like to send early birthday wishes to my little niece, who is also my goddaughter. She will be 10 years old this coming Monday, July 5th. It is remarkable how fast time flies because I was there the day that she was born. And I swear, <laughs> it seems like it was just yesterday. And she's also headed to the fifth grade. And I just wanted to take this time to congratulate her and to wish her a very happy birthday and to wish her all the best. And I hope that she knows how much her aunt loves her. Well, kings and queens, we've come to the end of another show. I do hope that the information provided will be of help to you. Remember, it is always a good idea to do your own research, no matter what the topic is, especially if your life is involved. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and I look forward to being with you all again next week. Please be sure to follow Village Mentality on Instagram and Facebook at villagementality.ckm, as in Mary. Also, you can catch all episodes of Village Mentality on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anger, Radio Public, and Breaker. 
There's also a link to each episode available on Instagram and Facebook, again, at villagementality.ckm as in Mary. And you can also find weekly episodes available at theawakenedlounge.com backslash village hyphen mentality. And just remember that God has got me and he's got you too. Be blessed, beautiful people. And here's Brighter Days.